fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy excellence, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, making all your football-related fantasies come true. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones, with me as always, the wolf of Rotor Street himself. Uh, took a week off, but we're, we're back with the recap. I made a surprise appearance in the early morning yeah. show, got a little bit of a taste for it. Uh, you know, the people loved it, of course, and why would they? And here we are. We're back for the recap show. Haven't been getting tons and tons of uh, views for these recaps, but those of you that show up, we really appreciate it, uh, especially this late in the season with everything on the line. And like, I'm just going to be honest, we enjoy doing it. So okay. anyway, here we are. Wolf, how you doing? How'd you do today? Doing real well. I did drop the one playoff match I'm in, or it's looking like I probably yeah. will without a huge game. But it wasn't the most important league. The most important league secured the bye, got the W, assuming Austin Eckler gets like four or five points or Josh Paul. Like, I just need a couple of people to get me to 10 points. Should be good to go. So a really solid day overall in the most important league. How about you, Truth? How's it looking? Uh, looks like I'm probably going to lose. Uh, you know, the Travis Homer decision was not a great one. The alternative I had was not great either. It was slightly, slightly better. I am in a close game. It could come down to just losing by a couple of points. So it's possible that oh. that move could be the enemy. The Badgley kicker move uh, ended up being pretty good, although you and I were, were pretty hostile towards him. Uh, maybe halfway, uh, maybe even into the third quarter. Even yeah, only like we four were, through three. It was like, ah, oh, this month. We were furious. He missed yeah. a field goal. Like we wanted to, we, words were, you know, some things were said that, you know, maybe we wish we could take back. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I'm not doing too well. Now, I didn't start Brandon Ayuk, who had a pretty good game. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I rolled out Mike Williams. Mike Williams needs to outscore Tyreek Hill, basically. And uh, that's not going to happen. He's going to nah. score. He's going to have, he's going to have like one catch for 15 yards or something like that. So anyway, not that good, but I still had a good time uh, on the show in the morning, and I don't really regret any of my moves, even though some of them might not have been the right. Hey, you never know, too. What if Tyreek flares up? You know, Mike Willie, he does have 25-plus upside. He does. So it's it's, you probably like a 15% chance at best, but, hey, there's still a chance. The ironic thing, and then we'll get right into it because I know we're working. uh, The recap show is is pretty tight, is that – when we did the auction at the beginning of the year, I did not even mean to buy Mike Williams. Yeah. So I bid on him for $15 and the screen froze. And I kept pushing the button like, like, what's going on? What's what? And, and then it came back and I had bought him for 26. Oh, geez. Um, right. So like, and I was just like, I have no idea how that happened. So I didn't even want him on my team. Um, and of course, he's just going to end up losing it for me this year. Or he's anyway, going to come through big. Or he's going to come through, and then I'll be like, "That was the best, uh, well, most auto drive computer freeze yeah. ever." Anyway, let's get into it. I see uh, Dave is already waiting. Um, hopefully, his brunch went well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were talking about you earlier, Dave. <laughs> All right. prioritizing his kids to the football show come on <laughs> well i don't know i to be fair i missed the thursday show because i was doing something with my kids yeah. so i guess i can't really rail too much on him for that I mean, honestly dave's dave has a better uh attendance record than either one of us for yeah, these shows true. this year <laughs> right like he's actually he's, he's closer to perfect than either of us all right yes. so we'll be talking to him a little later um we're, we're going to roll through this real quick. Hopefully, hit the mailbag. We got a decent Thursday night or a su- Sunday night game coming up. Um, 
Chargers, Dolphins. You got any thoughts real quick about that? I'm going Dolphins. I, I feel like this is where the Chargers always kind of crumble, but it's going to be a fun one. I think we're going to get a shootout. I'll take the over on that one. I think it's like 40 or 52 rather. I'll still take the over there. I think we're getting a lot of points tonight. What about you, Truth? I think so too. I agree. I, I'm, I'm, you know, my conservative days are over. Like I'm pretty much eliminated from fantasy. So now we're just smashing the over um, all the rest of the year. Everything's going over. Yeah. And all right, before here we, we go. go and thoughts on that game. The Like I always like to give a stash before we get going. Okay. If Josh Kelly's out there in your league, 3% rostered right now. I'm not saying I'd ever want anything bad to happen to Eckler. Of course, not. I'm riding him to a bunch of playoffs right now. But I also have Josh Kelly on my bench if you want to cut Matt Breida because he didn't end up playing, filling in for Saquon today. Whatever it might be, uh, Travis Homer, if he was on your bench and it was garbage, get rid of him. Pick up Josh Kelly. See what happens tonight just to be safe because you know if something happened to Eckler, he'd be everybody splurging the rest of their fab to go get. So why not try to get ahead? If he does nothing, you can cut him the next week. Why not go and get him right now? That's smart. That's why you make the big bucks. All right, let's get into it. Toss us that thumbs up, baby. Toss us that thumbs up. Toss us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. Start a dummy account and subscribe. Whether you're live with us here, whether it's a replay, so great to have you here. Let's recap all this action. Moving into the playoffs, what do you need to know? Let's dive in, Drew. All right, studs of the week. Jalen Hurts, 21 out of 31 for 217 yards, two touchdowns in the Eagles' route of the Giants. The Giants are are who we thought they were. I don't care that they started like 7-2. and They suck. And the Eagles are pretty freaking good. Jalen Hurts can pass. Uh, in addition to running seven times for Ohum, 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's pretty nasty. Yeah, he's definitely a uh, good consideration for stud of the week, Jalen Hurts. What a baddest. That's the one good decision I made this year in fantasy. Yeah, he's he, been having him as my quarterback. I mean, maybe even the MVP of the league. Uh, he's warrants that maybe. conversation with Pat Mahomes, honestly. They're, they both are 1-2 right now. And maybe today sealed the deal for Hurts. He looks unbelievable. Looking at the Jags, surprisingly, Trevor Lawrence, questionable all week, toe injury. Ho-hum, no problem. 368 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown on the ground as well. Also, just peppering Evan Ingram. 15 targets, 11 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns for Evan Ingram. Over 30 fantasy points. Just the second, actually the first tight end, not even Travis Kelsey, has put up double-digit catches, 120 yards, or two scores in a game. So Evan Ingram, the, the tight end performance of the year. And you started him yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Uh, is it even is it the best performance? Is it better than that Taysom Hill game? Didn't Taysom Hill have like a game where he scored like 35 points? He had 35. So maybe sheer fantasy points wise, it actually might have been Taysom Hill. Traditional tight end wise, Evan Ingram taking the cake this year. Nothing traditional about Taysom Hill. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, uh, not to be outdone by Lawrence and Evan Ingram. Justin Jefferson has a couple of these every year. Uh, 11 catches on 15 targets for 223 (laughs) and a touchdown, of course. Uh, Kirk Cousins was the guy dishing to him, 31 out of 41 for 425 and two touchdowns. Oh, by the way, they lost to the Lions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lions were the favorites, and the Lions deserve to be the favorites, baby. Great stuff there. And just from the 4 p.m.s, want to note McCaffrey, an absolute animal, had 22 <laughs> fantasy points through three quarters, rested for the entire fourth. What an absolute stud here. In fact, Scott Barrett entering the game, I, I won't go through them all, but he cited in his fantasy expected fantasy points how just when no Eli Mitchell is there, Christian McCaffrey is back to those ultimate cheat code. Like when you took him one overall just a few seasons ago, you won your league pretty much. That's what he's at. 81% snap share, second best, 72% route share, the best among running backs, 17 and a half carries per game, sixth best. I mean, nine and a half targets per game, the best 
it's just been insane the usage since he got there. And there's just ultimately so much more. 147 and a half yards from scrimming scrimmage, the best. 28.8 expected fantasy points per game, 31.8 fantasy points per game when Eli Mitchell is on the lineup for Christian McCaffrey. He would have easily cleared those numbers yet again this week, except for the fact that he only had three quarters of action. My God, what an absolute monster. If you have him for your stretch run, your playoffs, you're feeling damn good. Who do you award it to, Truth? Who's your choice for the stud of the week? Uh, well, I feel like with the, I feel like it's got to be McCaffrey or Jalen Hurts. I'd probably lean Jalen Hurts. I feel like the others are receiver quarterback combos. I, I don't feel right really leaning to one of those over the other. So I think I'd probably go Jalen Hurts. Yeah, even though the best counting stats went to the Jags, they were only probably starting about thirty percent or lower. Right. Trevor Lawrence even lower than Evan Ingram there. So, yeah, McCaffrey was in every lineup. He came through big for you, the fact that he performed the way he did. So I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey as well. Also, shout out to Scott Barrett for the Meta Knight comp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talking about CMC. All right, let's get into uh, stats that stand out. Quarterbacks, the other guy in that game uh, that Kirk Cousins had so many yeah. yards in, actually had just as good a fantasy game as Cousins. Got 27 to 39, 330 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns for Jared Goff who was the Wolves guy for a while. Then he wasn't. Then he fell out of favor. But he had a really big game. Um, did tons of good work. Did not hit Amon, St. Amon Ross St. Brown very much, which was disappointing to me, seeing all these other guys catch touchdowns. Right. But anyway, Goff had a really good game. Truly everybody else other than him. Deshaun Watson wasn't the monster day, but 276 yards, a touchdown, as well as 33 yards on the ground. Just a lot more comfortable than he looked after shaking the rust off last week against a really good Bengals defense. He sure showed a few glimpses as to why we've been stashing him, why we've been holding on to him. I was ready to cut him, and ultimately he showed me enough in that second half that he's staying on the roster. I don't want to face him in the fantasy playoffs, even if I'm not going to start him myself. Fair enough. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had a very Mitch Trubisky-esque game. Uh, 22 out of 30 for 276 yards with a touchdown and three picks. But let me ask you something, Wolf. Did any of those picks get a run back for a touchdown? I don't think so. That's why Mitch (laughs) Trubisky is the GOAT. Anyway, go ahead. No pick sixes in his career. That's right. And Brock Purdy for the 49ers. We're trying to catch up on our 4 p.m. games as we roll through this, given that we kick off Fred as they end. But he had two touchdowns, 185 yards, a 16, a 21. What's that like? An 875% completion percentage. Unbelievable there. Also adding a touchdown on the ground, too. So just kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo never left. He very consistent. Got the ball to his playmakers. Let him do his thing. Solid, solid one. At least noting that the other 49ers are going to be well worth playing, even with Purdy under center. Ravens rushing attack. J.K. Dobbins, 15 rushes, 120 yards and a touchdown. And then Gus Edwards also 13 rushes for 66 yards playing behind him. I mean, that is a a pretty dynamic stat line um, running 28 times for 186 yards between them. That's pretty nasty. Very encouraging for the Ravens, kind of traditional Ravens football. Absolutely. And Dobbins not playing since mid-October to see him come in 28 snaps, leading the team 21 for Gus Edwards, 15 carries, also a team high, committed 13 for Gus Edwards and looking really damn good. They took their time and it looks like it's going to pay off for J.K. Dobbins here down the stretch. They have the easiest schedule for running backs in your fantasy playoffs. So it's ultimately a solid option to use definitely Dobbins and probably even Gus Edwards here down the stretch, looking at the Cowboys' backfield. Another day where both of them come through for you fantasy owners. Tony Pollard, 10 carries, 42 and a touchdown, as well as 20 yards and a touchdown through the air on four catches. But not to be outdone, Zeke, 15 carries, 62 yards and a touchdown as well. So both going over 15 fantasy points on the day for you. 41 snaps 
for Pollard, 35 for Zeke. So it did end up being Pollard on the field more often, but Zeke outcarried him 15 to 10. They both saw five targets on the day. It makes you wonder if one was just removed, how damn good the other would be, especially if it was Pollard getting all that work. But nonetheless, they both came through for you. I guess a really bad Houston. I mean, that game in general, though, we're talking about like real life takeaways. The Cowboys, that was scary as hell, huh? Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I, I want to say they were like a 16-point favorite or something going they into that game. They were 17 and a half at one point. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, they yeah. they were lucky to come away with a win in that game. 100%. Uh, Miles Sanders, we talked about what a great game Jalen Hurts had. Well, I mean, they were doing anything they wanted to against the Giants. We said Hurts had 77 yards. Well, Miles Sanders rushed 17 times for 144 and scored two more touchdowns than he scored all of last year. Uh, and the Eagles' Week 14 <laughs> went over the Giants. He also had one catch for 11 yards. Uh that guy has really exceeded expectations this year. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're telling us not to draft him? What the hell? I wish I had drafted him. No, I didn't. I didn't. Sanders. I didn't. I listened to you, and now I regret it. 45 snaps compared to just 12 for Gainwell, 12 for Boston Scott, and most of those coming in garbage time for the other two. He's the clear lead back in one of the best offenses in the league. The holes are gaping. The line is the best in the league. He's a stud. Miles Sanders looks really damn good. Wish I had him. One of the better picks you could have made yeah, this year. Derrick Henry, speaking of studs. 121 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown. Three catches for 34 yards, five targets, looking nice. But he did have two fumbles, so he ultimately had 18 points at the half. He ended up with like 19 to 20 did, fantasy points on the day. Didn't he do nothing so in the second half except fumble, basically? Except fumble, yeah. He Any right. yards he racked up, he ended up fumbling away. So disappointing second half for Derrick Henry, who was looking like he was on pace for like a 35-40 point day. But still, you're going to take the 19-20 points. Damian Pierce, 22 rushes, 78 yards and a touchdown. He was not targeted even once. So anyway, uh, not a great game for him. You know, we saw we saw a couple flashes of billion. I mean, they did hand him the ball quite a lot, did not do much with it. He was running against a pretty stingy Dallas defense. Yeah, uh, and ultimately he did get hurt too, so we'll talk about him a little bit later when we get to injuries. Zonovan Knight, one of the big winners of the week, 17 carries yet again. Just the feature back Mike Carter returns. No problem. They continue to feed their rookie. They clearly want to know what they've got in him, and all he does is impress. 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. In addition to two catches, six yards, not much through the air, but still a near every down back playing over 55% of the snaps. He played uh, – Mike Carter did get in there quite a bit, but did not see a ton of work. So he ultimately, Mike Carter, what, five carries, five yards, did not do a whole lot. Ty Johnson had been that third down back completely removed from the picture. So you just can continue to feel great about Zonovan Knight moving forward as the clear cut every down guy. I'm not sure what his final stat line was, but Jarek McKinnon, I was just laughing so hard as he just was uh, just dominating darting up and down the field untouched uh, for touchdown after touchdown. I I did see he, uh, at at last I saw he had like seven catches for a buck 12 and two touchdowns. That might've changed. He also rushed a couple uh, six times for 22 yards. I'm not sure if that was his final stat line. (laughs) He had a great game. That was, yeah. He ultimately feasted on the ground. We did see Pacheco go 13 carries, 70 yards, a pretty efficient day, but it was definitely Jarek McKinnon, the star of the show. Pacheco himself did catch three balls for 23 yards, but it was, again, as you mentioned, 112 and two touchdowns through the air for McKinnon leading the team. We're about four and a half years too early on McKinnon. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Just a little too early. Here he goes yet again. Just some other backfields, and then we'll get to the negatives of the 1 p.m. games. But just to mention the 4 p.m. games, the Panthers, a bit of a quagmire. They all kind of played well, 21 carries and 74 yards. The usage was there for Dante Foreman. The counting stats, not so much, especially because Hubbard scored 74 yards as well on 14 carries 
and even Blackshear getting in for the touchdown, an eight-yard plunge. It's like, why could that not have been Dante Foreman, who did nothing through the air as well? Chuba Hubbard, meanwhile, three catches and 25 yards. So he might be the back to have in the Carolinas moving forward. We already mentioned Christian McCaffrey, but behind him, Jordan Mason, 11 carries, 56 yards, another efficient day for him. He looks like the clear-cut handcuff for McCaffrey as well. Let's move to the negative running back performances. Real quick before that, Kevin says, unless Keenan outscores Eckler, Mike Williams, and the Chargers D by 12 points, I'm finishing the year 11-3. and three. One seed by most points. Thanks for all the help this season. Let's keep it going, boys. Thanks a lot, Kevin. And thanks uh, so and, much for the super you're welcome. chat. So <laughs> nice. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's super nice of you. All right, let's get into negative running back stats. Nick Chubb, 14 rushes for 34 yards in the Browns. Week four loss to the Bengals. The Browns looked like ass in this game. Uh, He did have three catches for 20 yards. Obviously, this is not the type of game you're looking for if you're trying to make the playoffs or you're playing in the first round of the playoffs and you're a Nick Chubb owner. Yeah, back-to-back single-digit days for Nick Chubb since Watson took over. Can't be feeling great about him heading into your fantasy playoffs. I mean, Watson's looked terrible, too. I don't care if they – oh, he looked better today. Okay, but, I mean, he looked awful in the first game. Better than that is not that good. He has not looked good at all. I agree. Uh, Back-to-back duds for Travis Etienne. The usage has been there, 17 carries, which is 32 yards, right around 80% of the snaps again. So it's one of those things where you don't want to come away too discouraged. He's in every down back. That's great. But he's not doing anything with the usage while he's on the field for every town. So it's becoming a bit of a concern here. Maybe he's not quite as healthy, and maybe that's going to sap his explosion. Who knows? But definitely concerning outputs despite the encouraging usage. Saquon Barkley, nine rushes, 28 yards, nothing. I mean, the game script was not in his favor from the very beginning. But when he did get the ball, he didn't do much with it. He also had two catches for 20 yards. Like we said, they got completely dismantled by the Eagles. Absolutely shithouse, Jack. Carter, we mentioned five carries, five yards. Was in there for a good half of the snaps or so, but did not even come close to the production of um, Son of the Night. So moving to the running backs of the Detroit Lions. Ugh, Justice Swift seems to be getting his season back on track. We see Jamal Williams play 26 snaps. Swift played 25. And why not mix in Justin Jackson for 20? That's always a recipe for disgusting fantasy stats when you have nearly 33-33 type of split here. Ugly, ugly stuff. And Williams did nothing. I mean, I I said, like, great chance he he goes in for a touchdown. You said if he doesn't, he's not going to do anything, which is true. But if I had told you – so if I had told you the Lions are going to score 31 points, um, is Williams going to score a touchdown? You'd have almost certainly said yes. And if I had said, hey, is Amon Ra going to have a touchdown? You almost certainly would have said yes. Yeah, everybody but them. Ultimately, Williams, 16 carries. But what does he do? 37 yards. It is a pretty scary floor. It's going to be hard to rank him as anything more than a, a lower end running back too, just because when he doesn't score the touchdowns, as we thought, like you just hinted at, it's ugly. He was, you know, three fantasy points on the day. Justin Jackson actually had the most of this backfield with four carries, 19 yards and a touchdown. Swift himself, six carries, 21 yards. Did have 18 yards to the air, but just, ew. He had, seemed to be just on that upward trajectory and not coming through at all. Similar to another guy that we were hoping would kind of carry this backfield. Are you, are you talking about James Cook? I am talking about James oh, Cook. Six yards on four carries. He also had a nine-yard pass. I mean, and, and I mean, he he had limited touches. I mean, he saw a significant playing time, but like uh, didn't mean anything. I mean, he, I he was on the field a lot. He didn't get very many touches. The touches he got were worthless. <laughs> exactly. 29 snaps for Singletary, 24 for Cook. So he does seem to be closing the playing time gap, but we do not get fantasy points for playing time. Definitely concerning, no. use, you know, outputs and we just had hoped to see that flip to see James Cook in on more snaps with more touches even after last week's great performance he did not seem to secure that work 
Alrighty, folks, moving to the wide receiver position. Justin Jefferson, we already hinted at, was a stud with 223 yards on 11 catches, but not to be not, not going away quietly tonight. Adam Thielen, 65 yards in a touchdown as well. When Kirk Cousins throws for over 400, it's a huge aerial pie, and we saw Thielen benefit from that today. Yeah, and he was in one of those questions someone asked us this morning where there was like six guys, and they're like, who should we play? And Thielen was a total afterthought to us. Well, we kind of came back to him at the end. Yeah, 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 actually, (laughs) Thielen maybe. Um, And, yeah, as it turned out, he would have been a really good play. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase, who I went against, of course, 10 uh, catches on 15 targets, 119 yards, and a touchdown. It was a pretty Jamar Chasey game. Yeah. No T. Higgins. I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to injuries. Just an absolute travesty of reporting duty uh, from Zach Taylor there. He might end up getting fined for that withholding of information. We'll see. But yeah, huge day for Jamar Chase with no Boyd, no Higgins for most of the game. He stepped up and showed why he is a genuine alpha whenever the team needs him to be. DJ Chark, another huge day. 94 yards and a touchdown. Played 60 of the 70 team snaps. 61 for Amon Ross. So he was an every down player. Ran just as many routes as Amon Ross St. Brown. Eight targets for Amonra, seven for DJ Chark, and Chark the one outproducing him with 94 yards and a touchdown. Huge day for a player we liked. We talked about him as a, yeah. a really good streamer today. Him and Zay Jones, who we'll talk about later, both of them came through. Maybe yeah, very neutral as well, but you, you both called, are streamers. Yeah. You called Chark. You liked Chark. I liked uh, Zay Jones a little bit better. They both had your games. It didn't really matter. Both of them came through. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Smith caught five passes on eight targets for 64 and a touchdown. Just uh, another guy on the Eagles that did a really good job. What was A.J. Brown's final stat line in that game? Uh, ultimately, he had 15 fantasy points. I think it was like 70 and a touchdown on four catches or something yeah, of that I nature. I saw him catch just an absolutely wide open touchdown at one yeah, point. Just, anyway, everybody on the Eagles produced. Don, Devontae Smith had an excellent game. Yeah, Deontay Johnson did play better when Mitch Trubisky was under center throughout the year so far, and that continued this time with eight targets, six catches, 82 yards. Not amazing, but if it is going to be a serious injury for Kenny Pickett, who did leave the game, it was a concussion. If that ends up lingering, Deontay Johnson would be in better shape to produce still don't love the player when it's Mr. Trubisky, but he has played better so far this year that way. Donovan Peoples Jones, eight catches, 12 targets, 114 yards. He's really become like a pretty decent receiver. He has, uh, I had him in my lineup today and I wasn't sorry about it. No, we, we, the reports all preseason were DPJ and, and Deshaun Watson had a great report. That Remember how much stock you had in that guy. I, and I, he's honestly been one of my better best ball picks of the year. It's not him that's ruining all my lineups. It's Alan Robinson and Gabe fucking Davis that are killing me in those best ball leagues. None of the people's Jones is doing better than either of them. But yeah, the 12 oh, by targets, far. Yeah, exactly. 12 targets, a clear alpha workload when they had Cooper on a pitch count. This was big to see. DPJ can be a genuine alpha. We see Jeff Lee commenting about DPJ. DPJ looked awesome. Yeah, he sure did. It was a great day for him. And Judy ended up with a monster. I believe the final, I know he had three, three, touch, three touchdowns. On the day he had two when I first started writing the agenda. Eight catches, 73 yards, three touchdowns. Remember, I recommended him today to a few you people. You did, and I was highly skeptical, and I yeah. think I had very good reason to be highly skeptical. But sure. I mean, what, what can I say? I mean, Who they, would have they, thought three touchdowns ever would sc- be scored by the Broncos? But the, all, all season. Cemented. Yeah, exactly. They scored, they scored more than 17 points like twice all year going into that game. Yeah. Fucking pathetic. And I was, by the way, this morning when I said 13 a game, I was correct. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, we talked about him on Ross Eight Brown, uh, just a uh, mad game, six catches, nine targets, 68 yards. The only reason it's even noteworthy is just because he's been, he's so good. Uh, a game like that's a real letdown. Yeah, it has like the same price or just $100 cheaper than Jamar Chase on DraftKings. Goes to show the studly level he's viewed in, deserves to be, but brutal output here today. Amari uh, Cooper, two catches, seven targets. 
42 yards. Meanwhile, as we mentioned, that huge game from DPJ, those 12 targets and monster production from him. So really good day from DPJ with Cooper banged up. It's going to be tough to trust him moving forward until we see a really good game, I'd say. Bills, Jets, Stephon Diggs, three catches on five targets for 37 yards. Um, And Gabe Davis, three catches on four targets for 31 yards. Uh, You rolled either one of those guys out. You were not too happy about it. No, not at all. Not good stuff at all. And Christian Kirk, three, uh, five catches, 45 yards. Meanwhile, watching Evan Ingram and Zay Jones go completely ballistic. I forget what um, Zay Jones's final stat line was. He was targeted uh, 12 times. I know. That. Yeah, eight catches on 12 targets, 77 and a touchdown. So this is a, a, <laughs> That's a great game, around. man. That's a really him and good Chark game. both. Yeah, really, really good game for him. We Meanwhile, Christian Kirk uh, going down in that sense. And just to mention the Bucks here. Chris Godwin, five for 54, meh. Mike Evans, another, this is like four or five straight bad games. And we got asked about him a lot, you know, four for 44. This is gross. This is really bad. And we kept saying, you know, once you bench him, he's going to go off. And it looked like, it. I, I'm sure you saw that play where he was I wide did. open, had like a 70-yard touchdown, called back by penalty. So big sheesh there. I know Ian, uh, Ian Harditz will be going through that sheesh report. Mike Evans is like a weekly person that finds himself on that list. Yet again, going to be there. But at certain points, just like, I, I don't know, maybe you got to bench him. And as you mentioned, Gabe Davis, like tough to trust these guys because, yeah, it's so hard to bench him. But it would feel so good to not have that crap in your lineup. It's the truth. Tight ends, Dalton Schultz, six catches on 10 targets for 87 yards in Dallas. His week 14 win over the Texans. Najoku, who we actually talked about uh, earlier, uh, we, we said he was a go. He had seven catches on nine targets for 56 and a touchdown. One of the lone uh, really bright – well, I guess him and Peoples-Jones – both had good games for the Browns. Yes, yeah, 68 of the 72 snaps for David Njoku, right back to a full-time player running 48 of the 49 routes. An every-down player leading the team as well. Uh, actually, DPJ led the team, as you mentioned, in targets, but eight targets for Njoku were second on the team. Great to see him back on the negative front. Mark Andrews, who's supposed to thrive? It's Tyler Huntley. He loves him. That's his boy, right? Six targets. Wrong. Horrible. Two catches, 17 yards. Brutal, brutal, costing me my playoff uh, win in a, a league. I needed just like seven points from the motherfucker. That's awful. Got me 2.5. Brutal stuff there. In addition to some brutal injuries that we're going to now discuss. Yeah, and the Debo injury. We've already had at least one comment with a, a sad face for Debo. You texted me something similar. Everybody loves Debo. How yeah. can you not love Debo? Anyway, he he got carted off, uh, kind of had both legs look like they went like awkwardly under him. Looked awful. I'm hearing reports maybe it's not that serious, and I hope that's yeah. true. Yeah, so the, Jordan, the scores Jordan Schultz said early indications are he's avoided a serious injury. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network also confirming that, jumping on the train, that it's not supposed to be anything too big. It ended up being ruled an ankle injury after it looked like he was grabbing at his knee, which is typically a much more serious injury. So sounds like he's avoided anything too too serious that at least impacts his playoff availability. But who knows if this will linger in for your fantasy playoffs. You might need to have your backup plans ready. Tyler Huntley did leave it. Uh, the game against the Steelers, concussion protocol, but John Harbaugh indicated did not seem overly serious, said he seems good to me when asked about his status. In fact, he said he can recite his months of the year backwards. Can you do that right now? I actually don't know that December, I can. November, October, September, August, July, June, May, April, March, February, January. Actually, pretty good. I'm impressed. Not bad truth. <laughs> I haven't had any alcohol in a while, so. Yeah, there you go. Look at, look <laughs> Ask me over Christmas break. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a clear genius on our hands, folks. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right, so uh, Tyler Huntley, we we on to Tyler Huntley we just, right now. We just nailed we him. Just nailed, Mike, uh, White. Mike White, forced from week 14. 
uh, in, in the Jets game against the Bills. He had a rib injury um, and he was taken to the hospital. Uh, you know, best Jets quarterback since like Joe Namath. You got to take care of this guy. I, and they actually, it was kind of ridiculous. He went back into the game and then had to get carted off to the hospital. I mean, pretty un irresponsible by, by Robert Sala on that part. We'll see what happens there. But hopefully he the, the offense is clearly so much more fantasy-friendly. It would be brutal to have Zach Wilson back in here after what we've seen from Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore looking this week like he could rebound. Zach Wilson's back. They both become very, very difficult to trust. Uh, T. Higgins, travesty today. Travesty. Full, you know, off the injury report. Not even listed there. No concerns pregame about T. Higgins. And then he just doesn't play. He was removed from the injury report. And then the sideliner comes out and says, uh, apparently Zach Taylor did not want to play them. He could play if if they needed him, if they wanted to put him in, but they've decided to make the decision. He won't play. Removal was a coach's decision. Again, he's full on the practice injury report. Like that seems sketchy. Like you're withholding information from reporters from obviously like there's lots of money on the line every Sunday, not just fantasy wise, like betting wise to just not. Tell well, us I mean, you got to think a lot of people had him in their lineups, right? Uh, if you had T Higgins, you were playing him. He's a top 10 play. Like every single time he's out there. Brutal stuff. Uh, and, and Tyler Boyd as well ruled out with a finger injury, dislocated, uh, said to be week to week with that one. So as we noted, Jamar Chase, an absolute alpha, absolute target hog, really crushed it this week. Uh, moving forward, you can feel good about him. Corey Davis uh, left New York's week 14 game against the Bills with a head injury, which is another name for a concussion. He did not return. Yeah. Did not return. Uh, and Elijah Moore. I'm not laughing at the concussion. I'm laughing at them calling it a head injury. It's a concussion. Yeah. Concussion. Uh, so we'll see how long that lingers. They do have one of the softest playoff schedules against uh, very, very poor passing defenses. So could be solid for Garrett Wilson, for Elijah Moore. But it all comes down to who's going to be throwing them the ball anyways. Damian Pierce did leave in the first quarter. Did not return. He had 22 carries, though. He was an absolute workhorse. Um, Dere Bawala. Uh, did come in. He was already playing more. He played half of the third down snaps last week, and then was a clear passing role lead afterwards. And then when we saw Damian Pierce go out, he became the near uh, every down back. We saw Eno Benjamin mix in. Rex Burkhead was also uh, like active, but did not end up seeing a snap until the injury. So as much as it's like typically you have an injury to a back and somebody's going to clearly step up and be someone you target on the waiver wire, I don't see anybody in the situation really emerging as something reliable that you'd want to actually trust in your fantasy playoffs. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's hit the early waiver wire real quick. Uh, the first two guys, we've talked about them at length. They're both great pickups. If you can get them, uh, we've told you about their stat lines. Excellent. Uh, Zay Jones, only 51% owned Evan Ingram, only 56% owned. They both had monster games. If, if they're available, you should absolutely snatch them up. Yes, 77 yards, eight receptions, 12 targets for Zay Jones. He's seen at least 10 targets in four of his last five games. Guy's been a monster, but Ingram at a tight end position. Again, we mentioned no other tight end has had double-digit catches, 11, 120 or more yards. He had 162 and two scores. So this was the best receiving game of a tight end all year. A 15-target day, no catches, all were team highs in terms of targets, receptions, receiving yards, TDs. Just a great day. He looked an, an incredible today. And the only other guy that you want to first check for, 58% roster, so he's likely gone. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, those 12 targets, eight catches, 114 yards, may have got dropped last week after Watson's pathetic performance. Go check for DPJ. Now we'll dive into some players that are at least out there in over 50% of leagues. DJ Chark, we also talked Ooh. about at length. He's only 40% owned. You should grab him too if he's out there. <laughs> Seriously, exactly. do it. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Ninety-four yards, seven targets, six catches, a touchdown in for almost all of the pass routes. The same amount as Amon Ross St. Brown. Sixty snaps compared to sixty-one for Amon Ross. And every down player right now, yeah, Jamison Williams came in. He had that touchdown, and eventually that role will go up. But I imagine it's going to be an every down role still for Chark, where they move Amon to the the slot full time. Have those two speed demons on the outside. It's going to be a dangerous attack. Uh, really good stuff from DJ Chark. Chuba Hubbard, only 33% rostered, got dropped pretty much everywhere in competitive leagues. If you had him, wasn't doing much. Did have 14 carries, 74, and a touchdown in addition to three catches, 25 yards. Seemed like they started to turn this backfield over. Foreman just wasn't getting it done. 5.3 yards per carry for Chuba compared to 3.5 for Dante Foreman. It seems tricky to trust, but this offense has gained some new life under Sam Darnold, of all people. They have, he has really turned this team around the past two weeks. So both backs viable, but Chuba out there in more leagues worth checking out. All right. Uh, do I do I venture a guess um, <laughs> pronouncing this? Chikozimo Konkwu. <laughs> That's exactly it's exactly what I was going to say. Six out of six targets uh, and catches and targets. Forty five yards and a touchdown in the Titans. Week fourteen loss to the Jags. That is not. That's not nothing. That's a pretty good stat line. No, we talked about it. Remember Truth as our hail mary tight end of the I do. week. Uh, 14% owned, by the way. He's only 14% rostered. We recommended if you were dressed fit for a tight end today, this guy was leading the NFL entering the game in yards per route run among the tight end position. He continued to make plays when his number was called. 6'5", athletic freak. And when they did not have you know, Traylon Burks, they needed a playmaker. Oconquo ended up becoming that main vein for a lot of this game. Really, really productive playmaker. An even bigger main vein of his passing attack today, Chris Moore. Another guy we highlighted, another Hail Mary of the week. I actually it's true. I we hit on Hail Mary. I, I think yeah. I crushed it this week when we did the higher, lower Hail Marys. My Hail Marys, Chris Moore was actually on there because we knew Cooks and Collins were going to be out. I emphasize that Moore's a baller, that every time he gets in there, he plays well. He had four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown his last time as the number one receiver. He well outdid himself this time. 11 targets, 10 catches, 124 yards, just ripping yards after the catch down the sidelines, you know, tiptoes. Getting it in there. He played really, really well. Ultimately, uh, 53 of the 60 snaps was in nearly all the plays. Ran 27 to 28 routes. 11 were a team high by seven. The next closest guy had four. So Moore was the clear vein of this passing attack. They have a nice schedule down the stretch. Honestly, I don't think we see Brandon Cooks the rest of the year. Maybe Nico Collins does return, but it seems like Chris Moore, very trusted in this offense. And definitely a guy, it seems crazy. Uh, you, If you're a desperate wide receiver, this guy could be a wide receiver three down the stretch for you. Who, Robinson? You think so? No, I think Chris Moore. Robinson, oh, Chris Moore. No, I, I was I was I I was gonna say, I don't know. What do you think? All right, let's talk about Demarcus Robinson. What do you think about him? I mean, six targets, five catches, 52 yards, only 15% rostered. It's been, you know, now four of his last six weeks. He's had six more targets. Most of those he's had nine plus. He's the main receiver here at this point. And it does seem like Andrews is banged up. He's running around hurt yeah. there. It seems like Demarcus Robinson could emerge as that go-to guy. They have the second easiest schedule for wide receivers. That's the really only reason I mention it is okay. they've got you know another matchup against Pittsburgh. They've got Atlanta on the docket. So they have some nice soft teams to go against. So Robinson could end up being something down the stretch, as could two other receivers. Yeah, too. well, we talked about Chris Moore. What about Elijah Moore? Um, yeah. Corey Davis out with a head injury. Uh, they do have an extremely easy schedule moving forward. He caught six passes on 10 targets. For 60 yards in the Jets' loss to the Bills. That's not nothing. I mean, he had been basically MIA for quite a while. 
the entire season after right. leading the team right. for quite a while. <laughs> a really, really long time. Led the team in receiving last year. Had a stretch where he was a top five wide receiver for a four or five week span with Mike White and Joe Flacco, and then just disappeared once Zach Wilson came back. But yeah, this is promising to see. Again, the only risk is Mike White was rushed to the hospital. If he's out for a while, we have to go back to Zach Wilson. None of these receivers, only Garrett Wilson should be trusted. And even then he'd be significantly riskier. Last receiver of note, Richie James, 11% uh, roster right now. He saw nine targets, seven catches, 61 yards, ultimately filed the end zone as well. So a solid day for Richie James. I did come in garbage time, but points are points. And this team does suck. So at times they're going to have plenty of these opportunities to chuck. I just wanted to give that one last reminder too. When we get into the waiver wire on Tuesday at 7 p.m. when I do my usual show, come on in, Wolfpack. We'd love to have you. But this is the time of the year both to stash up on defenses. Hopefully you saw it. You can rewind and go back to last week's episode. Talk about a lot of the best defenses to stash ahead of time and also handcuffs. So remember those Alexander Madisons, those uh, Khalil Herbert about to come back from injury would be a true running back one if something happens to David Montgomery. We got, of course, you know Jordan Mason today ripping it up at 15% roster. If McCaffrey ended up going down, you'd have yourself a league winner. And like I mentioned, ahead of tonight, and if you're catching the replay right now, Maybe you look for him on Tuesday. Josh Kelly, if something ever happened to Eckler, he's the clear number two. We saw Justin Jackson go for over 30 fantasy points last year in week 16 when Eckler missed a game. That's how valuable this offense and that running back role is within it. So those are all some guys you can look for on your waiver wire. It is cuffing season, folks. It is cuffing season. Take advantage. Um, That's a great tip. Seriously, like do it. You got nothing to lose and it could pay off big time. Um, All right. So that finishes the news. Um, I'm going to have to run in just a minute, but uh, I do want to uh, at least chat with Dave. Uh, he's been waiting, in. So we got to bring Dave in before. What's before going on guys? What's what up, brother? On? How are we, Dave? Not much. Um, Wolf, we pressed the right buttons today outside of Saquon. Um, but we're all looking good. Good. I, Love to hear. I just, I guess where I'm at right now is with based on how we ran today. And I know it's the Eagles, is Brida, Brida more of like a handcuff stash now? or all, I mean, at best, the handcuff stash, because if they do end up, you know, once they're out of the playoff picture, they want to rest Saquon. He could be okay. The schedule is not overly daunting, but it's not. I don't remember it being overly tasty either. So, like, I just cut Brida <clears throat> to pick up Josh Kelly heading into tonight because we know at least going into next week, it's not going to be Brida leading the charge. Who knows if something happens tonight, you could always get ahead of that situation and have Josh Kelly there. I see him more rosterable at this point than Matt Breida. And then in a, and then my next question is, in a super flex, would you rather be running out Ritter in the playoffs or running out a Purdy now? Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, Purdy has the higher weekly floor, but I still am more intrigued by that 4-5-2-40, the uh, 97th percentile for speed. The guy has that athleticism that could be, I don't think he's Justin Fields, but he offers that potential upside to be Justin Fields light with good weapons. If Kyle Pitts does come off the IR, Drake London's solid as well, of course. What? Did, so, what? what? <laughs> I just wanted to get you going, Truth. That was the dumbest thing you've that said. That elite today. tight end, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, what a weapon. <laughs> what a weapon. Yeah. That but, guy's uh, going to be coming off monster. the bench. You never know, man. What a what a cabinet. What a fully stocked yeah. cabinet. You have Kyle Pitts in there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, yes. But no, no, I just I just had to uh come also truth. Yeah. I do have a better track record than you of appearing on shows. It's oh true. yeah. 
But you're not you're not wrong. We also have to know what is your son coming out to? What's his theme song when he comes out at wrestling? We're not there yet. I mean, uh, but uh, gosh, that's a great question. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll ask him, and the next time I come on, I'll let you know that we are not at that point yet. He was. I had to kind of like pressure him to do this because I thought it would be good for him and stuff. I, I, he's kind of awkward with his body and I want him to learn like leverage and stuff. Cause that helped me a lot as a basketball player. And uh, you could tell he had no idea what to expect. Cause we got there and he was kind of nervous and he's just like, um, which of these kids do you think I'm going to have to fight first? <laughs> and I realized like, I mean, and this is very basic stuff, like, you know, like single leg takedown, like stance, everything like that. But I, he, no wonder he was so apprehensive. He thought I was taking him to like a kid's fight club and I was just going to like be dropping him off and just be like, good luck, son. Only one of you is coming out of there alive. I hope it's you. Yeah. Right. And I was like, no, buddy, you're not going to have to fight any of these guys. So I'm like 30 year old sensei, like barking at him. The rules right. of today are you don't talk about today. Right. Right. We're going to put him in like a big barbed wire ring. Yeah, something exactly. like that. No, no. Uh, I, it does not have a theme song yet, but, but his, uh, but it's it's young. I mean, I by the end of the season, I promise he'll have one. Um, also, I was giving you a hard time about going to a brunch. Part of that was just that I'm jealous. I haven't had a good brunch in a long time. Yes. It was, so, you know, as you know, there's dad duty, especially when yeah. it's the first Christmas. So, Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, but, no, thanks, guys. Have a great one. I you appreciate did. the ball breaking. Cheers. Like, always, David. Good, good to see you, too. I'm glad you could catch us tonight. Cheers. I'm glad you got what you needed as well. Moving <laughs> yeah. on in the playoffs. Cheers. Baby. Let's go. Big season here. Let's go. Um, All right, Wolf. I got to run before the mailbag, but it's been fun. Uh, I'll post this pod later tonight. Hell yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Wolf. Good to see you. Truth. I'll rip through the rest with you guys, and then we'll get watching this hopeful barn burn of a game. Let's see what we got. Uh, Craig Sharno. Sup, boys. Happy PR. I'm up 37. I have Wilson and Dicker. He has Allen, D-Hop, Gusecki, and Sanders. Win and I'm in. Lose, I'm out. With that type of cushion, and I do think, like I've mentioned today, I think Jeff Wilson does rebound tonight. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think you're in pretty good shape. You're facing a couple big guns here in Allen, DeHoff. I mean, they can definitely close that 37-point gap alone. But then you got two good guys answering. I think Gasecki and Sanders I'm not overly concerned about. I'd give you about a 70%, maybe even higher. Craig Sarno, I like your spot for sure. Took out Homer, good. Uh, up 50 against Ramondre and Palmer. I think you're in a really good spot. I mean, Ramondre could probably get you 20, 25. Uh, but even still, I don't see Palmer. Unless it's like last two weeks ago when he had like two touchdowns and 120. You'll note this weekend, uh, at the end of tonight, whether you have that or not. Etienne, oh, the Carrillo. Etienne is just an absolute bastard, huh? Like on for nearly all the snaps, 17 carries. You, If I told you you played 80% of the snaps and had you know, 70% of the carries and 17 of them, you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, he's back to the 20-point ways. Nope. That's how good Tennessee run D is. That's why we're a little bit lower on him this week. But tough to bench him. And a lot of people just ate a brutal performance. As Craig says, smash that like, smash that sub, whether you're with us live, whether you're catching the replay, that thumbs up does help us get up to more people and helping us grow, hitting that sub button. Get us to 3K. We're 50 away. We're almost there. Um, bit of a slow start, but the Badger train was never at Charlie. It was in doubt for a little while. It would be a truth. We have a couple of comments about saliva being exchanged, uh, meeting his face at certain points. It was it was getting ugly between me and true, but they banged out you know, eight points in the fourth quarter. All is well. Love you, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> Big leg over there. Jeff Lee, Jamison Williams next week should be decent. Ah, the Jets are scary. You just saw 
I mean, what they did to Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, and they're a scary pass defense to go against. He only played 13 snaps this last week, Jeff Lee. I'd be hesitant. That's not the best spot, in my opinion. Yeah, Goff on the bench, Kristen. But you do have what? Uh, Kyler Murray. You, know, you did get, what, 27, 28 from Goff. It was a good big day, and it's going to be tough for Kyler to match that. But I think he'll come close, 25-ish as well there, for sure. I think I'm done with Evans. Frank, uh, you can't be blamed at this point. Four for 44 is like, what, fourth or fifth underwhelming week in a row. Can't blame you for being done. I just don't know that I cut him because you'll cut him. Someone will pick him up, and that's when he's going to have his two touchdown, you know, 150-yard day. So you can be done. You can put him on the bench, send a message that way. But cutting him might be a little too extreme because you don't want to have to face him. Debo, yeah, it's definitely a sad face, but ultimately – uh, it sounds like it's not overly serious. Just matters of is he done for like the regular season, back for the playoffs? Do we see him the rest of the year? So we'll keep our eyes peeled for those notes. Etn, oh, brutal day. Roth, Tiberius, Kane, definitely rough stuff. Uh, early family league playoffs should hopefully be fine, but still need twenty-two out of Herbert and Ramondre. I think you're fine there, Charlie. I'd set your you know eighty percent chance of winning eighty-five. I'd say unless you get an injury. DPJ did look awesome, Jeff, as we talked about. Twelve targets, eight catches, over one hundred and twelve yards. I mean, great day. True alpha there. DPJ and Okongu, you are going to bench though, you know, Higgins and Swift. Unfortunately, it's good you got bailed out, though. Judy, we did talk about today. I'm glad he came through for you. But, yeah, I mean, dude, you're going to bench Higgins pro Kongu when we had no idea Higgins was going to sit? Come on. And it was like a questionable might be on a pitch count. We could have talked about this. He was cleared. He was off the injury report. You you knew you were never get like, there's no way. So it's great you have those guys on your bench. You couldn't be kicking yourself, though. Uh, cause I'm glad you're projected to win anyways. Um, game from Everett. Yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm big in Everett too. I need him tonight as well. What do I do with Lamar? It sounds like he's going to be out at least through Christmas, maybe even longer max. I'd have a hard time cutting cause he could be back for the fantasy championship. And then if you cut him, you face him brutal. Um, but I, I don't know that we see him again the rest of the season. You got to keep track of those notes, max as we will too. Had no one to play in dynasty league started Moreau got zero. Ooh. Also started Ingram. Okay, not bad, not bad. Big day for him. CMC and Ingram saved my season despite duds from Chubb and Jamal. I mean, yeah, Ingram, the season saver, as they all call him. <laughs> Crazy day. Good start, DJ Johnson, getting him in there. Whew. McKinnon gets Houston. I think the only reason he might uh, – he probably will, Fatty. We'll see. We'll have no teams on by, so it's definitely going to be a deeper talent pool. And Houston's more like – he gets it done as a receiver, McKinnon. And not that you can't get it done as a receiver against Houston. Anything, you can get whatever you want done against Houston. But they're more so traditional backs just pounding it down the throat, down the throat, down the throat. So he'll be maybe, but I'd say close to 30. Just guessing off the top of my head. Kittle is, uh, yeah, it's scary. Because the thing is, though, Fatty's who's the next man up? Who's your next option? Because Kittle still does have that 25, 30-point day in him. Some, somewhere down the stretch here, he'll have probably one of those. It's going to be hard to not have it in depending on what you're benching it for. If you have an Ingram who has similar upside clearly at this point, okay. But if it's, you know, Ty, Tyler Conklin, <laughs> next man up or whatever, like it really depends because it, it is tough. I know it's hard, but tight end is brutal. Like who who's your real next man up that's actually genuinely better than him? Abjo Burrow, do I drop Watson for someone like Seymour? Mean, you're not going to ever play Watson. So if you needed the more, maybe. But I don't know. Ah, Like, I'd be worried about facing Watson because the schedule is not too bad for the stretch run for him. He looked like he was finally getting himself going. We'll see. 
Jalen Hurts, yeah, he is an absolute legend, Apex. What an absolute great season. Another 30-point day. I mean, how many of those have we had at this point? Just a stud. And the only news was he didn't come back in the fourth and that it was an absolute quagmire of a backfield in his absence. And we're talking about Damian Pierce, uh, Millie C. No official word yet, but did not return to the game after 22 carries. I think they'll play it safe with the rookie, too. If it's anything even close to serious, we might be done for the year here. Who knows? It's all speculation at this point. Um, we'll see. We'll definitely have more news on Tuesday. Next time I'm live, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll pack. We dove in that early week 15 waiver wire, but I'll have much more notes at 7 p.m. This next Tuesday on your way out. Please do consider thumbs up button. Anyone new here, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Would be so awesome to have you guys with us for these fantasy playoffs, baby. Let's go have fun with tonight's game. Let's hope for some points. Let's have a fun day. Well, you have a great night too, Apex. Thank you, brother. Uh, you guys are the best. Always so much fun recapping this business with you. Check out RoastryJournal.com for all the great recap action in written form for the Week 15 rankings, all that good stuff. It will be at RoastryJournal.com. And I'm at Wolf if you want to follow my content too. And a wolf of fancy sheep. Be the wolf, guys. You're the best. Good luck with everything you need. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. football right there, folks.